Hi, I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of the How To Do Marketing Academy, as well as small business marketing agency, Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's my mission to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally-based small business in Australia. Why? Because I know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. One of my observations about the marketing industry at the moment is that there seems to be this eternal quest to automate. You know, it's all about saving time and being productive and pushing out output. And as a business owner, look, I totally, totally get that, particularly as as a marketing agency. Utilisation and productivity is vital in order to remain profitable. But you know what gets lost when we focus on too much productivity and profit? What gets lost is personalization, purpose, people. And in a relentless stream of meaningless content, our customers could not give one single shit about productivity or profit of the content producers. They only care about what is interesting to them what they find endearing and what they can emotionally connect with. Like you're a human, you consume content. I'm sure you can completely relate to this. So as small business owners, what I would suggest is to not be that business that adds to the white noise with your marketing. Be the business that stands out with meaningful, interesting content that not only stands out, but that actually leads your customer on a journey from discovery to loyalty. So how do you do this? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Nadine Nethery is the founder of Can Do Content, and she's a strategic copywriter for female founders who want to intentionally attract, delight, and retain their customers. Nadine's strategic take on copy turns every brand touchpoint into genuine connections that drive sales, celebrate loyalty, and surround her clients with keen brand advocates who will happily do the word spreading for them. Well, we all want a bit of that, don't we? Over the years, Nadine has given global e-commerce success stories, game-changing startups and industry-disrupting service providers the words to shine and the strategies to build a sustainable business long time. Words are really powerful and they are a powerful part of your overall brand and marketing. There's no point to spending money to show up on a channel if your content is just going to fall flat. And your words are going to breathe life into your content. So my chat with Nadine today is about how to create the right words for your business. And I started off this chat by asking Nadine where her love of writing came from and how she got to where she is now with her business. Yeah, like many of us copywriters, um, I stumbled into it in a roundabout way. Um, I can look back on just under 20 years uh, in the corporate world. 
um, and loved it to an extent, to a point where kids entered my life. Um, so I, um, yeah, am originally from Germany. You can probably tell by the accent. Um, didn't love it there. Um, went across to London after um, studying English. Um, so I actually um, have a background in marketing, but also a German and English translator. And so, yeah, I've always wanted to travel the world and um, naively just moved to London, got a job um, in sales for um, a men's retailer. Oh, yeah. Um, like mail order. Um, speaking, funnily enough, back to German customers. So high-end German customers, um, corporates who just love the high-end um, quality of the shirts. Yeah. Um, that they couldn't get in, you know, in Germany. So that um, English craftsmanship um, really was of high value. And that's where I picked up my um, flair for sales simply because they were really, um, really big on customer service and um, listening to the customer and um, making sure that you over deliver um, and really serve the customer on every basis. Um, and then, yeah, I met my Aussie husband. Oops. In London? In London, as you do. <laughs> yeah. So I'm the German European souvenir. Um, went back to Australia with him because why not? Yeah. Um, and then stumbled into um, PR and corporate, corporate communications for um, one of the truly German iconic car brands, um, Volkswagen, Lovely. and did that for 10 years. Um, loving it. So traveled back to Europe for motor shows and um, product launches, took all the automotive journalists over there. Living the high life, yeah. thinking that's the dream, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, and then had my first baby and uh, realised that it doesn't quite work, you know, travel, travelling overseas, um, lengthy car launches and working long hours as well um, with a baby really wasn't what I had in mind. So, um, yeah, did that for a little bit longer, had second bubba and then... Things unfolded when I got made redundant. So that was the first kick in the gut Ooh, where you go, ouch. okay, cool. 10 years down, you know, I've given the company everything. I love my job. And um, I had this big identity crisis, to be honest, because, you know, as a new mom, two babies, you thought you were doing an amazing job. Um, you gave the company everything to then, um, yeah, be confronted like that was quite hard. But in a way, that was what I needed to yeah. really... Um, take a bigger look at um, my future, what I wanted to do, um, to do with my skills as well, and um, how I can actually be more than a number in a yes. in a big corporate company. Because oh, let's sure. face it, most yeah. of us are. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, went on a uh, search for for it, whatever that might might be, and did course yeah. after course. So I did more marketing courses, content marketing. And then as part of that content marketing course, stumbled across um, copywriting, which I didn't realise or never never noticed before as a profession as such. So, um, yeah, and, and that really sparked my, my interest because obviously as a translator, um, as someone working in corporate comms, writing has always been my thing and finding the words, the right words to get the message across. Yeah. So, yeah, um, looked into that, but then obviously had to work a living uh, while I was doing that. So I jumped back into a full-time um, gig in sales, in corporate sales with um, Woolworths head office just to, you know, pay the bills again, somehow hoping maybe there's a marketing job I can get into. But again, big corporate politics, it just didn't light me up. And um, so I was on a mission to really make it work. So while working full-time, 
continued my studies, did uh, copywriting courses, and then also um, got my first clients. Um, so I just put myself out there, you know, launched my business on the site, um, launched my website, and yeah, got a few clients that are still with me nowadays. So some of the clients, um, yeah, have evolved with my business. And um, I took the plunge in December 2020. So that was at the time on mat leave with my third bubba. Okay. That's it. Yeah, so yep. number three, done and dusted. But um, okay. that was sort of the the turning point where I went, you know what, I'm clever, I'm smart, I'm loving what I'm doing, this is it, and I'm just going to um, go all in. And, yeah. Um, yeah, since then I've worked with incredible female business owners in both the e-com space and the service-based space who um, really value putting their customers first and um, putting together a customer journey that really um, values loyalty yes. and doesn't just reward, you know, the quick purchase and then and then drops them like hot potatoes. So together we're um, crafting copy that really connects the dots for them and, um, yeah, organically invites them to that next purchase. Yeah, love it, which is where that kind of strategic element of the, mm. of the writing comes in and obviously with that sales and that marketing corporate background and as you said you've and particularly with the, the the translation you've really had to think about the words um and the communication that that sits around that um why female founders yeah i good question somehow it organically um evolved so i um first up worked with plenty of men um enjoyed it as well but i found um women just have so much more passion behind their business, especially as small business owners where often they're one-women shows, they are in it um, for more, you know, that bigger that bigger it, the something um, that really, um, yeah, fulfills them like beyond potentially motherhood and and juggling all the all the things in their lives. So um, I just really love uncovering that point of difference and the passion and their, their why. Um, in their story and helping them tell that because as women often we like to undersell ourselves unfortunately so there's so much genius and um, you know talent out there and um, somehow as women we struggle to um, yeah speak about ourselves and and really um, do ourselves justice yeah yeah mm. totally yeah love it so can you share one or two lessons that you've learned about about copywriting on your journey I mean you've you've had um a journey as you, as I said before that expands to you know marketing and communications and corporate it's international it's across sales like you really have had quite a broad level of experience there in that marketing space and and particularly in that writing space what are some of the lessons that you've learned along the way personally yeah um Copywriting really um, is not as creative as people think. Um, obviously, you do need to have a flair for words, but um, a lot of the success um, of copy really comes down to the research and the strategy. So taking a step back and actually um, finding your point of difference as a business owner to begin with, um, finding all the things that make you unique and um, worth um, buying into. Um, and then also your audience. So what um, what goes on in your audience's mind? So what keeps them up at night? Um, what objections do they have to the service or the product that you offer? Um, 
So really getting into their mind and uncovering the language they're using as well to talk about your services. But then also um, connecting the dots, having a bigger look at um, your product suite, your office suite, and and how everything fits together um, and how you can take your customer on that journey. So copywriting um, that works really needs to start with that before um, hitting the keyword. So actually working out... um, yeah, the state of mind that the audience is in and and which words are required to um, gradually move them to um, mentally being ready to invest. Yeah, so it's it's quite formulaic, mm. very strategic, um, and there's a process behind it. So it's not just thinking. Of, it's not, And I don't know, I've never been a songwriter and I've not <laughs> been a fiction writer um, or a poet and, like, that's the kind of writing that I, I see is that really creative, creative kind of space. And I don't know, there's probably a formula and a science behind that as well. But, yeah, in the way that you've described it, and it's certainly the way that I know I approach it as well, like, I can't write something if I don't know exactly who I'm supposed to be writing this for or why I'm supposed mm. to be writing it. And... What tone is it supposed to be taking? And when, where will people be reading? You know, what's the context, of, you know, of, of, of this copy? So there is so much information that needs to be researched, as you said, before you can actually write that effective copy. It's not like just because you're a creative person, you can just come up with the magic words. It's like, and I don't know if you ever get this, but when someone says, oh, you're a marketer, you'll be able to just think of the name for my business or, oh, you're a marketer, you can just think of something creative for this group or this. And it's like, no, no, I can't. Yeah. I can't just pull something out of my ass that, you know. That exactly. Just, yep. just be creative and perfect. You know, there's a lot of thought and research and um, ideation that, that goes behind that, right? Yeah, totally. And that's why... Um... Yeah, I always catch up with my um, clients for a strategy session like yeah. way before the actual writing happens, um, you know, between them uh, completing a copywriting brief, I then literally sit on it for a good week, week and a half to just let it, I like to call it marinate, <laughs> just yeah. marinating. I try to organise um, everything they've given me into um, the way I think and yeah. then, again, find the gaps. So all the things that... Um, my clients are struggling to see themselves. And often that strategy session really is an aha moment for my clients where they go, oh, it all makes sense, um, you know, and that's why they're struggling to write the copy. They're so close to their businesses. Yeah. They simply don't have the time often to um, yeah, take that step back and, and do the research. That's why often I do the research, the audience research for my customers. Um, and then to have someone take an objective look at your business um, yeah. in, you know, from in a broader perspective as well, um, yeah. from a strategic uh, point of view, that really makes makes a huge difference and can really shift your marketing in the future beyond the copy. Yeah, because I don't know about you, but I find like uh, I can write copy for other biz- businesses. I can do marketing for mm-hmm. other businesses, but when it comes to my own, you, you just can't help but overthink it. And you know, you almost know too much. And and you can't help that. And even though I know that I have to remove my business hat and put the customer hat on or put the third-party perspective hat on, you know what you know, (laughs) you know, and you know what your objective is and what you're trying to do. So it's very hard to be able to separate that 
even as a marketer, mm-hmm. let alone as a, as a small business person. And on your website, you talk about empathy-led communication and copywriting and audience-driven brand messages as, as being your, your jam. And you've spoken a lot already about um, how that research piece and really understanding your customer is integral but what's the process that you would go through with a customer to make sure that you know as we're talking about that that copy is just not copy for the sake of being copy it's empathy led and it's audience driven like what's like the step by step there yeah so um it starts with a big hard look at (laughs) at your business as you as a business owner um as at, at also your audience, so the people that are perfectly positioned to buy from you, and then coming up with that perfect blend um, that really makes up the messaging that needs to um, that you need to put out there for people to um, buy into you. So, from a brand perspective, so it's it's a matter of observing who else is out there, how they show up, the language they're using, and then identifying the gaps um, that you can then fill with your messaging. Um, then it comes uh, down to you as a business owner. So how um, can you uh, organically maintain the copy that we write? So we need to identify um, your brand voice, um, also your brandisms. So they are terms that are so uniquely you that anyone reading the copy will um, automatically associate you with the copy. Uh And, um, yeah, and then also getting into your customer's mind. So often I um, actually carry out the research for my customers because they have never had the time or it's been ages since they actually surveyed um, or spoke to their customers. So I um, have a very strategic set of questions that I put together for them. So they simply have to send it out and um, I then sift through all the results, all the goodness that comes in for them. And um, again, read between the lines, organize that into buckets. Um, So desires, pain points, objections, also false beliefs. So things that society, um, their family, their friends might be telling them about um, your service or your offer. Um, And then um, the copy basically is a perfect blend of all three. So it's... um, you know, your point of difference that makes you different to all your competitors, then your unique way of showing up um, and also using the language that your audience uses to describe, you know, their frame of mind, um, their current state, um, state of being. And that unique blend is then going to give you perfect messaging that really um, empowers your reader to make a decision. So rather than having to push a hard sell um, and to, you know, rather than sounding sleazy, icky, um, you basically just are joining the conversation that is already happening in your reader's mind and you empower them and validate um, all those thought processes that are going on. And if it's the right fit, they are organically going to be attracted to you because it speaks to the core of, um, yeah, of their thought processes. Yeah, yeah, I love it. That that sounds like makes so much sense. Okay, so one of the things that's really important to accomplish with small business marketing activity and brand is to make that really impactful first impression. Particularly if the business objectives include acquiring new customers. So so that's when I find most clients will come to me is They've kind of been in business for a couple of years. They've done the best with the tools that they have. 
They've got a website up. They're on social media and, you know, they're doing bits and pieces. They've got lots of word of mouth and referral, you know, clients and customers coming in. That's how they've built their business. But when they come to to me, it's when they want to actually get beyond those word of mouth, beyond those referrals and start to get in front of, of new people. It's such a crowded market, you know, uh, consumers' brains, our brains as people are just overloaded with marketing messages that are just everywhere we look now. So how can you use the copy and that strategic copy to firstly attract that target audience's attention in the first place, but then, as you say, to actually get them to hang around long enough so so that they're a, a loyal customer. So it's not just, as you said, that bang transaction and then then they're off. Yeah, so first um, impression, I would definitely um, yeah, recommend to be bold. So it's all about being um, brave to be different because yeah. you don't want to sound like everyone else. You don't want to blend into the crowd and, and your niche. Um, it's about being brave enough to lead with copy that um, is quite opinionating. So, um, yeah, copy that people either love or hate. And then um, to begin with, you're not wasting your time um, and energy on discovery calls that never lead to anything anyway because you weren't the right fit in the first place. Um, and, yeah, the message is going to really resonate with your kind of people um, and is going to send everyone else to um, someone who's a better fit for them. So as an example, for example, I... Um, I wrote copy for a wedding photographer down in um, uh, the Grampians near Melbourne, and she um, she loves swearing, and that's just her thing. Yeah. Um, so she came to me because she had the problem that a lot of the customers actually reading, reaching out to her uh, on her website were, as she described them, vanilla customers. So they were literally shocked and put off by uh, the way she showed up on discovery calls, which is in line with her swearing persona so we decided to go all in and actually wrote copy for her website that uh, features you know swear words left right and center and she um, said it literally transformed transformed her her business and all customers uh, she's now working with are totally her people and um, she no longer is feeling awkward on calls because it just is not the right fit so um, your people are totally going to resonate with how you show up online and it's just a matter of, um, yeah, getting them into your orbit yeah. and then, um, yeah, making them fall in love with you. Yeah, I love and, that. And when it comes to next steps, um, that's, again, where that strategic look at your offering comes in. So um, I often help my customers with that. So, um, you know, structuring the website in a way that organically guides them through your offer suite as well to begin with. Um, and also identifies really the objections, the thought processes that are, that are linked to each of your services. So really linking specific messaging and specific research with each offer. And that then um, allows you to, um, yeah, support and guide your prospect to self-identify whether this particular offer is the right fit. Or if they have purchased, for example, the entry, you know, entry offer, um, you can then uh, plant little seeds that yeah. get them gradually um, into a frame of mind to be ready to buy that next step up and um, potentially book you again, join a membership, buy your online course, whatever that might look look like. 
Yeah. Mm. Something that's really, when we're talking about website copy, something that's that can sometimes be a bit polarising with writers, probably particularly in that creative space, is, and particularly I think, you know, given that your, your copy is so empathy and customer-driven, how do you find that matches with SEO and SEO and, and search engine optimization? I'm talking about there um, for listeners who, who don't know that acronym. But um, so this is the stuff that we do to make our website more discoverable by Google because Google loves to look for keywords and relevance of keywords, et cetera, et cetera. For me personally, I remember when I... I, I tried to stick to like the the blog format that's recommended and I'm quite I just like write as I speak for my brand I mm-hmm. write as I as I speak and so at one point I was kind of looking at this formula for for a blog post and how you need to jam keywords here and there and, and everywhere and so I would write the post and then I would go back and try and fit that into a blog format and I freaking hated it like it just I was like that doesn't make sense that's just dumb that doesn't flow that was me personally do you what what do you find that you do like when you're trying to actually speak like a person yeah have to kind of speak to <laughs> google as well how do you find that yeah i always write for people first with google in mind so um every website comes with seo seo research and um, each page is optimized for a particular keyword but uh, google actually is really clever and um, can pick up pretty easily what a particular page is about so you don't have to repeat um, a particular keyword all over the place um, 20 times in your in your paragraph copy um, so really having it in your heading, ideally, um, maybe once in a H2, like in a, in a subheading and once in a paragraph is totally enough mm. as long as your, um, yeah, you have it in, in other places. So in your URL slug and also image names are important. So you can totally name your images in line with the keyword. Um, so it's about consistency, but totally, um, yeah, right for people first and and yeah. let Google work out from there um, what it's all about. Yeah, and that that sounds easy. That sounds approachable. Mm. Do yep. the image. We can do the H two and the heading and, and exactly you know, within the body. Um, this this formula that I was following was, you know, you have to have the phrase in the first sentence and then the this, and I was like, uh, nah. <laughs> oh, and, and people it's it's terrible to read copy that's um keyword stuffed right. is yeah. horrible to read and it's literally going to get people to um leave your website yeah and uh you really read that mm. stuff and go you just repeated yourself do you know yeah. what i mean like that that doesn't that doesn't make sense yeah okay so that's good because that's that's something that makes this sort of stuff but seems yeah. so much easier to approach <laughs> um but what's one of the worst things that a small business person can do with their copy? What 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 are some of the shockers that you've seen out there? Mm, um, writing for yourself rather yes. than the reader. So making your copy all about me and sounding like a CV basically on your website. So I have done this. I went to this university. I have 20 years experience in XYZ. Um, your reader really doesn't care about um, you, let's face it, even on the about page, the about page is not about you. You need to answer um, how you can help your reader. So they really care about the so what, what's in it for me. Um, 
So yeah, write for the reader, uh, with the reader in mind, and um, really speak specifically to um, yeah the transformation that you're offering, the benefits that come from working with you, rather than um, yeah making it all about you, you, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's mm. the best of times. Yeah. yeah. Any others? Any other things mm. that you avoid? Again, speaking to everyone, so trying to appeal to everyone on the page because you're just uh, slightly hesitant to commit to your niche. Yeah. Often I come across websites where they sort of say they specialise in a certain field, but then um, they throw in there that, but we can also help you if you X, Y, Z. So go totally in, um, commit to your niche, and then refine the message to literally specifically speak to that reader so all the um you know objections need to be specific the transformation you can have tangible results specific to that particular reader as well it makes everything so tangible and relatable and helps your reader um yeah feel like this could be them it's achievable and I think that example that you gave of the swearing wedding mm. is such a good example to keep in mind, you know, go all in like that person has. I swear, you swear, everyone swears. Yeah. Yeah. For those that don't swear, well, move along to the next one on the Google listing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> mm. So as a business owner yourself, what do you find works for you when it comes to marketing? Obviously, of course, for uh with the exception of copy, that that will yeah, yeah. that's a given. What what do you do for your marketing? Um, I love podcast guesting, as you can tell. Oh. So I love um, yeah, um, connecting with other business owners' audiences because it gives me that ability to yeah reach new people that have never heard of me before. Um, podcasting is also. Um, evergreen is probably not the right word, but it, it lives longer, much longer than social media posts. And, um, yeah, it um, really gives you visibility beyond that um, algorithm cycle of 24 hours, if if that. Yeah. Um, and also partnerships, so collaborations with other business owners um, are my as well so I really love connecting with fellow business owners which not only gives you exposure to their audience but it can come up with can open up doors and um, opportunities so yeah that's my my strategy and it's been treating me well ah that's so good and what I love about that is neither of those really um came come down to digital marketing or social media and yeah sure Mm. you know the podcast episodes might be shared by social media but at the end of the day, two things that don't involve social media, I must say I'm on a bit of a bandwagon at the moment yeah. about getting businesses to think outside the square of their news feed, outside the, you know, the, the social media news feed. Um, it's such a punish for small businesses to be able to keep up with that schedule. There's so many other things that you can be doing and and partnership and podcast outreach, like, that really doesn't cost you much either. That costs like no. that's, that's your time and your chutzpah to actually get on the phone to somebody or reach out to someone as you did, you know, to to suggest yourself or to suggest a partnership um, or an exchange that might might work. So it takes a little bit, bit more bravery. Yeah, oh, it it took me a while to get the courage up to uh, to do it. But to be honest, you'd be surprised how many people say yes if you invest the time to research, obviously the yes. pitch and to put the effort into personalize it. So you can't 
you know, send out 100 pitches hoping they land. You actually have to invest the time to listen to the podcast, um, research the host and, and come up with a topic that actually organically suits that audience. So there is a bit of effort involved. But as I said, if you do it well, it opens up so many opportunities and long-term relationships. Yeah, and it's such a rich piece of content too. Mm. Think of this as a 45-minute or half an hour, 45-minute bit of, of content that then gets out to, you know, thousands of listeners for, for how to do marketing, then, you know, that's an absolute win. And I would just like to reassure everybody that um, Nadine certainly did a brilliant job of her email to me. Like it absolutely <laughs> stood out. It absolutely made me sit up and notice her and made that first impression really last. So oh, thank you. Practice what you <laughs> preach. Now, you've got a course out at the moment that you've just launched and it's called the Audience Success Formula. Tell us a little bit about that and how people might be able to get hold of this program. Yeah, so it uh, literally has been out for two weeks at the time of recording this, um, brand new. But um, yeah, it was six months in the way um, in the making, and I um, yeah follow my own advice. I had a beta round, and I had um, ten business owners from various backgrounds test it all. Um, so. I know it works. I had fabulous feedback. And um, basically the audience success formula um, takes the guesswork out of getting to know your audience, as in truly getting to know your audience, because we're all busy. We're all wearing so many hats. And, um, you know, often we we treat audience research and getting to know the audience as a tick box. Um, so we send out a survey with drop downs and tick boxes, which really doesn't give us much more than data. Yeah. What the audience success formula helps you do is uncover those uh, golden nuggets. So those super um, valuable statements, tangible outcomes and sticky words, as I like to call them, that you can often copy and paste straight into your messaging. Um, so it then resonates with your kind of people and, um, in the audience success formula, I give you all the swipe files, um, survey templates you can copy paste, uh, literally send out in minutes, and it gives you um, strategies also if you haven't even launched your business or if you're trying to niche into a new audience where you don't have existing customers yet. So that yeah makes audience research and getting to know the ins and outs so you can market with confidence and write copy with confidence super simple. Yeah. And that, what a great tool, what a great tool for any size business. But, and you mentioned startups there, you know, I think for anyone that's looking into that viability of a, a business product or service, that customer research piece is vital, not just to get the copyright, but also to just get an understanding of where the customer perceives that as, as potential value, if they perceive that. Mm. As, as valuable and then, you know, how you might be able to kind of make that relevant to, to your customer's world. Um, too many business owners bring a product to the world without consulting the customer um, mm. and it's an expensive test. It's an expensive exercise to do if you haven't got that kind of proof and viability that that's going to work. So so I think that sounds like it would be a great um a great product for, for any business to do that wants to, to have a, a better understanding of their customer for whatever that reason is, whether it's the copy, it might just be to understand where there might be opportunities in the, the mm. market for future product or service development. So cool. Where do they find it? Where do they find you? What, yep. where, where, 
where are you, Nadine? Yeah, so best spot to track me down is uh, my website, candocontent.com. I also hang out on Instagram, um, handle is at candocontent. Um, and yeah, drop me a line, send me a DM. Um, I would love to hear from you um, and connect. Brilliant. Well, I'm sure there will be lots of people, particularly those that are stuck with their copy <laughs> and understanding their customers um, who will get in touch. Thank you so much for um, contributing your time and such great tips today. Really appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Jane. Such a good chat. Thanks so much for listening to yet another episode of the How To Do Marketing Show. I really do enjoy bringing you these episodes and hope that you do get a lot from them. Now, if you would like to receive even more marketing musings from myself, then be sure to head to howtodomarketing.com.au and subscribe to our email. You can also head to our Instagram at howtodomarketingacademy.com and click on the link on our bio to subscribe to the Friday Five. Each week, I send out five marketing bites that are designed to make marketing so much easier for small businesses. It gets delivered straight to your inbox. It's a nice, easy read. I get loads of positive feedback on it from people saying that they love getting this little burst of marketing goodness into their into their inbox each Friday. So if you'd like to get that too, head to howtodomarketing.com.au or head to our Instagram at howtodomarketingacademy and click on the link on our bio. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 